This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafuma. Mark Thompson. Get woke. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I could hear your singing outside, so we knew the place to go. So thank you for providing us those directions, both morally and literally. Uh, I come here to you today in partnership and support of you all because the same violence that is driving, driving, driving a lot of the poverty in this country is the, same violent, is the same systematic violence that's also driving a lot of the gun violence in this country. I often think about the fact of what Dr. King talked about, the three evils of society as the three dro- top drivers of gun violence in America, that of militarism, of racism, and poverty. It is not enough just to talk about how somebody gets a gun like the shooter at my high school, although we need to talk about that. We need to talk about the fact that the shooter at my high school had a history of racism and racist comments, of anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, xenophobia, and hatred of people that did not look like himself. Hatred is not a mental illness. Racism is not a mental illness. Anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, xenophobia, hatred is not a mental illness. And I'm tired of seeing over and over again mental health be used as a scapegoat. What, when in reality the number one driver of gun violence is that very hatred in the first place that keeps us divided, that tells us because we don't look like each other, we can't be united when in fact we have to be united in this moment for our country. We are at a historic, critical point in our country where for the first time in American history, we are transitioning not only to being a full democracy, but being a full multiracial democracy in our country. And that is a major... And there will be challenges that come with that, as we saw on January 6th, as we've seen time and time again, as we see on our phones on a near daily basis, whether it's racist attacks on our communities or it's systematic violence that's happening by the police as well. When we know that community safety looks like making sure we're all looking out for each other in the first place and knowing that just because some kids may be made more safe by having more cops in schools, that doesn't mean all kids are made more safe by having more cops in schools. We, our communities, the safest communities in America, do not have the most police. They have the most resources. Right? 
The reason why Parkland doesn't have a shooting doesn't have shootings on a daily basis isn't because we have stronger gun laws necessarily than many other parts of Florida. It's because in Parkland we have a median household income of well over $100,000 a year. The number one thing that can combat systemic violence is resources in our communities in the first place. And lastly, we need to call, I, I feel it's urgent that we call out people that use the same rhetoric that many of these horrifying mass shooters like the one in Parkland used, like the one in El Paso used, like the one in Buffalo used, in Jacksonville used, and say, while you may not be calling for that very violence yourself, you were complicit in that violence because you were saying the same things as those people. <laughs> Lastly, I was just last year in the House Judiciary in a House Judiciary hearing committee meeting where they were talking about the banning of semi-automatic rifles like the AR-15 that was used at my high school and has been used far too many times around this country. And I was sitting there patiently hearing, wanting to hear what Democrats and Republicans had to say. But what struck me was how one of the Republican representatives continued to say over and over again about, he talked about the need for an AR-15 to stop a Hispanic invasion from happening over and over again, which was the exact same rhetoric that the shooter in El Paso, Texas used in his manifesto for why he went out there and killed so many Mexican-Americans. This hatred did not die in the civil rights movement, unfortunately. It continues to this day. We see today the new Jim Crow in the form of racist gerrymandering, whether it be in Florida or in North Carolina, where I just was a couple days ago, where when I go to schools like North Carolina A&T University, they are the only places where I've had a hard time finding students that are not registered to vote because all of them are so politically engaged. But despite that, Despite that, their school is split straight down the middle by a racist state legislature that knows the power of the people, where they've created a system where the politicians are picking their voters instead of voters picking their politicians, and it is time to change that because all of us are hurt by that in the first place. So I'm happy to be here with you today, happy to be in community with you, and here to support in whatever way I can. Thank you. My name is David Hogg, by the way. Sorry. They say, we know you, David. David has been my teacher for, uh, from afar. I'm very serious about that. He's one of the shining lights. Uh, when you start getting 55, 60 years old, you start looking for those persons that, that you see, not as nothing about leaders of tomorrow, but today. And uh, David, as, as a prime example of taking pain and turning it into power. Just graduated, right? Just graduated from Harvard and is still, and, and you know, it, it's back on the battlefield, never really left. And so David, I want you to know how much you inspire me to get up every day uh, in spite of some of this pain. I think, thank you, my brother, thank you. I wanna ask, uh, we're live streaming across the nation and want to ask Bishop Reed if he wants to come and say why he's here today and why he's going to walk with some of his elders down to the Capitol and deliver uh, this letter. You know, today you have persons representing hundreds of thousands of people. It's not, we, this march wasn't intended to be a, a massive march. It was intended to do what we're doing, delivering this letter in a very public and conspicuous way. And let us welcome Dr. Frank Madison Reed to the Amy Church.
Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. To my friend, my brother, Dr. Barber, whose work is legendary from North Carolina now all over the nation and indeed all over the world. To our host pastor and the leadership of this church who's opened their doors. David, uh, who won the last Harvard-Yale game? I, 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 I've, I've been out of Yale almost 50 years, but you do have on a blue and white shirt, so we'll forgive you. But by the way, I did go to Harvard Divinity School. In two minutes and 30 seconds, the reason that I'm here is because business as usual is no longer acceptable. The reason that I'm here is because hate has spread from Florida all over this nation. And the same policies that are now, have now taken shape in Tennessee and Texas and beyond has started here in Florida. And so even with the law that keeps us from having a mass rally at the Capitol, it was not a mass rally that had a few Levites walk around the walls of Jericho. And so we declare with Bishop Barber, with David and each one of you, that if we go together, it does not matter the number, but if we keep on marching, keep on praying, keep on registering to vote and going out to vote, the walls of Jericho will come down. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Pastor, I, I, I just came into church and started talking, but we need the pastor to say, why would she open up this church and, 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 and walk with us today? Why Jesus is what I would say, and I, I serve a God who works for justice and joy, and I am serving in a, a state that is not serving for justice or for joy or God's love spread wide and broad. That's why I'm here. I'm a Tennessee girl. I'm here for 18 months, but I have been nested into this congregation that is ready to use their voices and use their action to make a change in the world. And I trust that kind of calling that makes a woman move from Tennessee to Florida for a season. Wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah, wow. And while I got the mic, because you know we pastors That's love right. to have the mic, I do want to welcome you here on behalf of the session of First Presbyterian Church. And when we gather together, sometimes we have some needs of nature. That's what uh, some of the old saints would say. There are bathrooms out both these doors if you need them. And even downstairs under the ones that are upstairs. So we've got four bathrooms if you need to go. So make yourself at home. Our prayer is that you feel welcome here. We sing a song every time we come to this table and we taste and see that the Lord is good. And that song we're learning to sing here is God welcomes all strangers and friends. And I pray, I pray you know that welcome. I pray and I pray something happens today when we walk together in a good way that moves at God's grace here. But I also pray everybody that's gathered here, God gave you a call. God touched you today and said, come on, show up. And here we are, so let's go do something together. That's why I'm here. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. You know, there is a, a lot of text in the Bible about remnants. There's a quote that says, a few people have always made it better for the many. It's been history. In the Bible, there were four lepers who asked the question, should we just sit here and die? And they said no, and they started walking and God amplified their physical disability. You know, they had leprosy and they were dragging and God amplified their dragging limbs so much so that their enemies thought it was thousands and thousands coming. Um, Amos, in Amos 5, there's a passage in there that says, God is looking for a remnant of people. Uh, Ezekiel 22, the Lord says through Ezekiel, I look for one man that would stand in the gap. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in, our, in my name, just 120 in an upper room turned into a massive movement of righteousness by the Holy Spirit. You know, Bishop Reed, I... I, I People talk about Moral Monday. It went on for four years. We beat the system that spent $6 million against us in court. We beat them in court. We registered. We, we were the only state in the South to send home an incumbent uh, extremist governor. We registered 10% uh, of unregistered voters and sent him home. We beat him on redistricting. They're trying now again to implement things in North Carolina. But what most people don't know is the first Moral Monday wasn't but 17 people. Now by February of the 2014, it was 100,000 people. But the first time we walked into the legislature, like you all will do today, it was 17 people, seven preachers, and t two students, nine adults, I mean, excuse me, two, uh, uh, Eight, seven adults, and one lady with cerebral palsy who, was, who had money, but she was there because the legislature had denied health care. And we told her, you don't have to uh, march. She said, shut up, leave me alone. I do have to. <laughs> and, she was in, and she was the first one they arrested. We didn't even know they were going to arrest us that day. We just went to be a witness, to quote the Constitution and to quote Scripture. And the next week more people came and by February nearly 100,000 people by the end of the summer over thousands of people were arrested and it started something because a remnant stood up. To, to, in, February, in March of this coming year we want to have 30 simultaneous gatherings in 30 state capitals and I pray that Florida will be at the center of that. That's going to be with the Poor People's Campaign, not with Repairs of the Breach. Today, we're going to deliver this letter. I'm going to ask Danielle to come read it in a minute. Uh, I'm going to ask her and Hannah to read it. She each read half of this letter because one rule of civil nonviolent action 
is you have to make sure that those whom you oppose know exactly why. Exactly why. We're delivering it conspicuously. It's been sent to all the media. It's been sent everywhere. Media will be there, and we have six, seven persons that when we get down to the Capitol, we'll talk to the media. But the main point of this today is for us to go in all of our beauty and all of our colors and all of our ages to just go down, walk down, and deliver this cease and desist letter. And then tomorrow in Jacksonville, have a massive march in memory of the persons who were killed and in memory of the four little girls who were killed 60 years ago today. 60 years ago today in a Birmingham church while they were studying Love Your Enemies as a Sunday school lesson. And Dr. King at their eulogy said, we must look at not just who killed them, but what. And he said, every politician that feeds their constituencies the stale meat of racism is the what. Every person who sat on the sidelines is the what. And so today and tomorrow, we remember that. History. And it was a governor whose lips, Dr. King said, were dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. Those words set the context and gave license in the atmosphere and in the ethos because the guy that did the bombing said, let me see if you all keep marching now. A governor starts out in February saying segregation yesterday, today, and tomorrow. By the end of the year, Mega Evers is dead, four little girls is dead, and even the president is dead. Because they're, it didn't say that Wallace pulled the trigger, but Wallace triggered the atmosphere, electrified the atmosphere with negative energy. And we have to call it out. We have to call it out. And we have to call it out in a diverse way. We have to call it out not just the tax on black people and on gay people, on immigrants, on women, because it all comes from the same root. Meanness, hatred, racism, as David says, xenophobia, homophobia, whatever the phobias are, fear. And it's not insanity. In fact, most people are quite sane when they engage in this kind of talk, because it's a political strategy many times to keep us from focusing on the real issues. We shall overcome. Oh, we song, but that shall today with boxes with thousands of letters that have been signed by citizens of the state of Florida. Dear Governor DeSantis, Speaker of the House Renner, Senate President Pro Tem Faxley, and all public officials of any party who are using the words of culture wars to attack black people, immigrants, trans people, and others as political tactics of division and deflection. While your hateful and divisive lies 
about black people, trans people, immigrants, and women have filled the airwaves. 9,539,000 poor and low-income people account for 44.5% of the population in your state, a country where poverty is the fourth leading cause of death. There are 4,464,287 people, or 41.9% of the workforce, earning less than $15 an hour, yet to meet their basic needs. A household with two adults and two children needs to earn over $25 an hour at the current minimum wage of $10 an hour, an individual must work 106 hours per week to afford a modest two-bedroom apartment. You introduced nine voter restriction bills introduced between 2020 and 2023, and 10 anti-LGBTQ plus laws in 2023 alone. Four of the voter restriction bills passed, while five of the anti-LGBTQ laws passed. Mm -hmm. Instead of focusing on and addressing the real issues, you spend time promoting hate and division. Contrary to our deepest religious values, which call us to love, and the values set forth in our Constitution, which in the preamble guarantees equal civil and political rights to all. As religious and moral leaders, along with the thousand who signed this letter, we are publicly calling on you to cease and desist or resign. Amen. Amen. Our public office and public space and a public microphone to spew hate divides the people and is a form of public malpractice and irresponsibility. History tells us that words of hate create an ethos of hate. An atmosphere of hate, a political social petri dish of hate. Eventually, spoken words become deeds. Late last month, in the environment, your words and deeds have helped create a racist man decided to move from violent words and attitudes to violent racist deeds and acts, murdering and taking the precious lives of Angela Michelle Carr, Gerald Galleon, and Arnold Joseph Laguerre Jr. He first went to an HBCU that represents and is the embodiment of the very kind of history that you said should be banned and is bad and is not welcome in Florida. When this racist man could not get in, he went to a Dollar General store in Jacksonville in a black community and unleashed his terrorism, leaving behind a suicide note saying how he hated black people according to the local sheriff. We write this letter calling on you to cease and desist with the hate against black history, hate against wokeness, hate against trans people, hate against immigrants coming out of your mouth every day. 
We have seen this before. This pattern of the tongue creating an environment, giving license to violence. That's right. It is sadly as American as apple pie. We call on you to cease and desist. If we did not love you, love Florida, love humanity, love the United States, love God, we would ignore your hate for rhetoric and violent words, but we can't. As moral leaders, we can't because the end result is too hurtful to the soul of the state and the country. We call on you to cease and desist. If you want to use the mic, let's use the mic to have a real debate on how we can address the issue of poverty in Florida. Let's deal with the issue of the declining life expectancy. Let's deal with the issue of more than 2.5 million people in Florida without health care. If you want to use the mic, let's use the mic to debate and deal seriously with public education mm -hmm. and environmental devastation. Yes, yes. But we will no longer let you have the mic to continue to spew racist and hateful rhetoric. We call on you to cease and desist or resign. I, Reverend yes. Robin Lynn Burnett, stand here with my sister Lisa to tell you to cease and desist from division and hate against the poor and disenfranchised. And we leave these letters with you. And all God's people say, Amen! Reverend Holmes, you speak. Reverend Holmes, you speak. Let me just say, Amen to, to what uh, this movement is about. I, I want to first start off by thanking Bishop Barber and Bishop Reed. Bishop Reed is the chairman of the Board of Trustees of Old Waters University in Jacksonville, Florida. We know that the Bible says life and death and the power of the tongue. What this governor is doing is creating hostility, hatred, and disharmony. We come to ask him to change his ways. That's right. You yeah. cannot get to the White House full of hate and division. We still believe that slavery did not benefit black folk. Oh, Slavery benefited the slave master. On, and we're not gonna allow anyone to water down black history. History is our heritage, our hope, and our sense of purpose. So we come standing boldly, nonviolently, mm -hmm. to say to this governor, do the right thing. And the right thing is change your ways. We're not gonna allow you to use Florida as a stepping stone to get to the White House. Mm -hmm. You're running a dark campaign yes. that leads to the dark house. I want to just say a word. This is Reverend Barber, Bishop Barber was prepared to preach. And to members of the media, I'm on my way to Jacksonville. Uh, I did not deliberately did not go today with the other brothers because I wanted y'all to hear from Floridians. But we want to be clear. On this Take Back the Mic campaign, this is a beginning. Uh, the people that came today represent thousands and thousands of people. 
Reverend Hall, Bishop Reed, David Hall for March for Our Lives. I could go on and on and call the names. They represent thousands. We marched to Mount Jacksonville. But, but what we are saying is, whether it's against uh, black history, hate against immigrants, hate against gay people, hate against women, it's just wrong. Mm. And it's traced down by history uh, in the South, particular of government. Uh, six, in, in, in 1960, the legislature was doing the same kind of rhetoric against integration. And what happened? You had the axe handle mob and murders and beatings in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. In 1963, a governor was doing the same kind of rhetoric. What happened? Today is the anniversary of four little girls being blown up in a church in Birmingham. And the governor said he did not pull the, he did not, he did not trick the bomb. But what he did was trigger the atmosphere. Yeah. Atmosphere that gave license, the hate license, and and and, and, and basically said it's okay to hate. The governor and, and the speaker and the Senate protest, look, you've got real issues, Father. Nine million poor people and low-wage people, even with that, 2.5 million people without health care. Let's focus on that. Billions and billions of people, over 4 million people in Florida who make less than a living wage, $15,000. What we're saying is let's focus on that, but to use the public mic, that you barely got because the governor, you didn't win but by about 3% of the vote. And the truth of the matter is if 3 to 4% of poor low wealth people register and vote, they could determine the outcome of the election. Because you, you, the public might is not supposed to be used to create uh, a discord mm -hmm. and dissension mm -hmm. and division and election. Your own constitution in Article 1 says that that, that, that the preamble of the Constitution says that for anybody who gets elected to Florida is supposed to be about the business of promoting tranquility, tranquility, not division, not ugliness, not hate. Amen. And so we can hear these others, Brother David Huff now and the other Floridians that are speaking on this moment. We come today on behalf of thousands who have signed these petitions and tomorrow we march in Jacksonville. God bless you. We will have other Floridians who will come who are impacted by these unjust laws and legislation that is being passed, spoken, and put into action in Florida. David? Thank you. Reverend Barber stated it well, but as somebody from Florida myself, and unfortunately somebody whose family had to leave Florida, in part because of the horrifying policies of many of the far-right leaders in this government um, that resulted in threats to my family, conspiracies being spread, that the shooting at my high school didn't happen. I don't care if you're on the left or right. Denying the fact that 17 of my classmates and teachers and administrators and siding with the side that says that that didn't happen is unacceptable for anyone in any state. Let's also, let's talk about for a second this idea of thoughts and prayers that come time and time after shooting. Of all people here, I yes, think sir. we know the power of thoughts and prayers, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about the Jesus that Ron DeS Governor DeSantis learned about growing up. The Jesus that I learned about oh, when I was in it. vacation Bible school yeah. when, I, when I was growing up yeah. wasn't him? just one that sent his thoughts and prayers. The Jesus that I learned about was one that also flipped tables. Table. Yes. yes. And this is a call to action for young people across Florida to say we are locking arms with the Poor People's Campaign. March for Our Lives is with you. The young people did not go away after 2018. We did not go away after 2020. We did not go away in 2022. In fact, 
the first Gen Z member of Congress came from this state. And he came from March for Our Lives. Yes. Maxwell Alejandro Frost, the first Afro-Cuban person in Congress yes. as well. And mind you, he was not the son of a senator. He was not well politically connected. He came here because he had been working, unfortunately, because the failure of this state and so many others around this country to protect our young people. Since he was 15 years old, Maxwell had been working on preventing gun violence. That is how long he has been doing this. And my call to action here today is to remind us all that Florida in our country is not one where our diversity should be seen as a weakness, but as the incredible strength that it is in the first place. Because I know that on that seal it says, in God we trust, but I would like to remind us of the first motto of the United States, which was e pluribus unum, out of many, one. We are here today, not as Democrats or as Republicans, but as Floridians, as Americans that are right, not angry, but have right. an enormous amount of righteous indignation at the injustice that says that you can continue to propel racist rhetoric and act like you had no role to play when a white supremacist like the one at my high school murders people that had a history of anti-Semitism. Because while you may not be telling people to directly engage in gun violence, to directly engage and kill people that do not look like themselves, you are complicit in that violence if you were saying the same thing. The reality is here in Florida, if we are going to survive as a democracy, we must work on becoming a democracy that loves all people of all backgrounds and shuns and stops anyone like Ron DeSantis in their tracks and tries to guide them towards a better life, towards a better place of peace and prosperity and love for all people in Florida and beyond. And the way that we're going to do that is not through violence. Amen. We've seen that. Time and time, the history of our country shows that. What we're going to do is use nonviolence. What we're going to do is use the power of our vote and our protest. Because we know that, as has been said before, the arc of, the universe, the arc of justice is long, but it bends towards justice. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. It is very long. But luckily, I and many of the young people of Florida are going to outlive many of the people in this building, unfortunately. Yes. Right. And that doesn't mean we're leaving older people out of this conversation. We need everybody in this conversation. When people, lastly, when people come to me and say, oh, David, I'm so glad that you young people are here and you're voting in such massive numbers. My generation really messed up. There are older people that have been working with us for decades, Amen. especially black women that have been left out of the conversation. They have been here, as we heard from today. We are all in this together. And to those older people that say, my generation really messed up, we can't do anything, guess what? You still can vote. We need you to vote. We need you to be here with us. We need you to be in Jacksonville. And we need you to be in all the future places that we're going to be, including at the polling places, to demand action and right the wrongs of our nation to bring it towards a better place of justice through the power of faith in the first place. Yes. So thank you. Great job. Great job. Somebody's hurting our brother, and we won't be silent anymore. We have another speaker, another student that is coming and is going to speak on why she's here. Greetings. I am Nyjah Haynes, a senior biology pre-medicine scholar with a minor in African black psychology, attending the Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University, yes. which, is in a, which is a historically black university. Hearing about what happened to my brothers and sisters over, or what could have potentially happened to my brothers and sisters over at Edward Waters University, it breaks my heart. Yeah. Considering the fact that this has been a reoccurring problem since the Reconstruction era, HBCUs were literally created because we could not attend the same schools as our white counterparts. 
and the fact that we chose to go out and make our own and they still weren't happy is crazy to me. Yeah. I'm a 22 year old black woman in America. And while some of our lawmakers are so worried about abortions and uh, voting rights, which us young people, they know they're trying to target our voting rights because they know young people will come out in numbers right. and make a difference. That's why they're trying to target voting rights. Like if you're not from the state, you can't vote or something like that. Black women are three times more likely to die from maternity-related mm -hmm. deaths yes. Yes. in the United yes. States. Yes. That's something we could be worried about instead of... And making a difference. Yes. yes. Instead of... Not making it worse. <laughs> instead of trying to make it worse. I go to a HBCU, which is a historically black college or university, and the fact that over the past couple of years, there has been threats of shootings and shooting threats on our campuses that we seek refuge, where we feel like people at, is insane to me. Like I said, we were these HBCUs were created because we needed somewhere to gain our education because we could not obtain that education at schools like Florida State or University of Georgia or University of Alabama. I go to Florida a and University. I know people that go to Edward Waters University, Florida Memorial University, mm -hmm. uh, Alabama State University. Oh, <laughs> And that is where they seek refuge. I'm also a part of a Greek letter organization. And the fact that they were trying to target oh, diversity, right. equity, oh, and inclusion oh, um, rights in, in, in Florida to where that I wouldn't be able to rep the letters of the organization that I worked so hard to join is crazy to me. Shame. There's better things that we could be worried about. That's right. Yes. Most of the Americans in this country do not make enough to afford the cost of living. The cost of living is going up, but not the wages that they are being paid. That's right. I have sometimes have to worry about, like, am I going to be able to find a good job to be able to support myself when I leave college? Because I still have another four years, another eight years to go through before I can become a doctor. That's why I wanted to become a, went to school. I want to become a gynecologist oh. because of the maternity, the black mortality oh. rate yes. in the yes. United States yes. of America. Yes. But will I be able to do that with certain things like, um, what is it called? I'm so sorry. Um, uh, affirmative action. That's what it's called. Affirmative action. They're taking away affirmative action, which has benefited so many students yes, of color and right. so many students from low-income um, environments, like which I came from, to be able to attend certain mm, schools okay. that at one point in time they weren't even allowed to go to. Mm. So my call to action is the fact that us as young people, we have a voice, and they are afraid of that voice. That's why they are targeting yes. us specifically. Our diversity, equity, inclusion, That's abortion it. rights, yeah. LGBTQ rights, affirmative action. Yes. The fact that they're targeting our right to vote is because they know we will come out in numbers. We did it in the 2020 election, and that's why they were coming after it steadily. We have to do something. We have to, oh, excuse me, I'm so sorry. Whew. We have Good. Amen. Amen. We have to do something. We have to we have to come together. We have to put our differences aside because right or left, wrong is wrong. Whether, right. wrong. wrong. whether you're on the right side, the left side, the middle side, whether you identify as independent, liberal, conservative, right is right and wrong is wrong. Amen. 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 Good afternoon. My name is Malik Reddy. It is hard to sit here today, um, 
And I'm going to start off with this. A leader that knows the way, goes, just, goes the way, shows the way. But I have to say that our governor has only showed hate, racism, and division. He is a fascist governor, a one who uses his mic and platform to tell people like me and others today that we must be silent. I come to tell you to say that Florida is still alive. Woke does not die here. Yes. And if we understand what woke Thank really you, means, it means it, because man. individuals like myself had to stay up all night sometimes so they wouldn't get lynched in areas my like Quincy, Gasson, Madison. Oh, that is where the definition of woke comes from. Oh, yes. I'm a 24-year-old that was hit in a truck, peaceful action in 2020, yeah. where I have to walk with a limp. Mm -hmm. Actually, this morning I went to a chiropractor so that I could be able to move my limbs on my hip. 24 years old, walking down the street because of, of, of shootings like Breonna Taylor, George yeah. Floyd, Trayvon Martin, and those on the campus of Edwards College University. Excuse me. It hurts me because May 3rd, 14 of my colleagues were right here in this office and they were eating cake. They were eating cake in this office. While my colleagues said enough was enough on May 3rd. They were eating cake. And in Tallahassee in the area code of 32310 is below the standard for poverty in the state of Florida. But we are silent. And we are speaking division and hate and stripping away DCI. When our governor came out of programs that were funded by DCI. But wow. we have folks that are in certain universities like PWI that can show their pictures of genitals to students and not have any repercussions. My, That's a my, problem. But we have law enforcement officers that are militarized and, and keeping our people enslaved. That is a problem. True. Let's talk about post-traumatic slave disorder, not post-traumatic stress disorder. My, my. Let's talk about how our people are tired and they continue to be oppressed every single day. Why do we have $65 million going in our police departments and we can't get people the affordable housing? We can't get people groceries to eat. Unemployment, only in this state, which is one of the lowest states for minimum wage, that ain't a problem. You can't survive off of $15, and you damn sure can't survive off of eight. So tell us, Governor DeSantis, why are you so much of a hater towards people who are just trying to get ahead? Yes. Aren't we supposed to be in a country that everyone should give the same rights and opportunities? Yeah. When do we become, when we get to the place where when Dr. King talked about it, almost 60 years ago that freedom shall ring from every mountaintop mm -hmm. is a day that we can actually see change. And so I encourage people today that we should get out and vote. We need to politically vote on these bills that continue to stripe away our rights. Mm -hmm. Enough is enough. Dr. King said, if you can't run, then walk. <laughs> and if you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, we must continue to move forward. And we today say we shall move forward, not one step back, 
Not one step back, but forward together. Forward together, not one step back. Forward together, not one step back. Forward together, not one step back. Ann Apple, First Presbyterian Church. Hello. There was evening, then morning, the first day. And that very day leads us to this day. That's what I know. And when God looked at those first days, God looked back and said, wow, this is good, very good. And what I know today, what I know from Reverend Dr. Barber, what I know from the way that is working in Florida right now is it's not good. And I believe it grieves God's heart. God sent us Jesus Christ that we might have life and have it abundantly. And that's not happening in the state of Florida for all people. It says in God we trust on our seal. Yes. What is it, all people? Help me. E pluribus Yes. Out of many, one. Out of many, one. That's not what's happening here. And so I think and I feel that we need the governor to hear. Yes. We need to have some real conversations with our yes. feet on the Amen. ground Amen. for how to move forward. It's hard to do what is right, yes. and we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And all yes, God's people can. say, Amen. Amen. Take back the mic! Take back the mic! Take back the mic! Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister or brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.